Which bit do you want to cut off? Welcome to the Rock River Shotgun Electronic Wireless Show. It is episode 71. I am Brendan Caldwell and I'm joined as usual by Alice Bale. Hello. And this time as well by Matthew Castle. Hello. Of the video. From the video dungeons. <laughs> you sounded surprised at yourself, Matthew. Uh, yeah, I was. I always am. A fresh surprise every time I open my mouth. It's a treat. <laughs> Uh, we're we've all just been complaining off air that there are too many games. Ugh, the worst complaint, isn't it? Yeah, there are too many games, and we're getting them all for free. It's horrible. I was, it used to be they'd all come out at Christmas, and now like some come out in like October, and everyone has noticed that the start of the year used to be empty. So now everyone comes out in February. Yeah, it's almost like, I think Capcom got ahead of the game, because they did Resident Evil 7, which did quite well for them, and now they release all their games, you know, Resident Evil 2 and Devil May Cry 5, but now everyone's sort of swarmed in as well, so, you know, it's kind of like, spoil- they've spoiled it, they had a little secret, a little secret thing no one knew about, in quite a public way, um, <laughs> that's now everyone's on top of. <laughs> summer, please, release some games in summertime, it's a nice, there's a nice few months there. You can release any game you want. It's good, though. It's been a great start to the year. I'm having loads of fun. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff as well. That's the good mm. thing. But we're not talking about games, though, this week. We're talking about gums. Yeah. Have you both brought your favourite gun to the gun podcast? Yes. <laughs> yes. The gun show. <laughs> uh, join us readers you all have tickets for the gun show mm. yeah firearm, firearms and games uh, guns of all descriptions they can be harmful guns or harmless guns if you like they can just be guns um, but they can't be for instance a sword no 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 <laughs> I'm glad we got that cleared up what about a, a sword that is a gun Right, I was a gun sword, if I, you will. I, I was preparing for this eventuality, and I will allow it. <laughs> I haven't okay. picked the gun sword. I was just, I was just being contrary. I will similarly allow guns that shoot swords. Interesting. <laughs> or I think that's actually it, isn't it? I won't allow bombs that explode into swords because there's no gun involved there. There's no mechanism. What happens if the bomb is launched from a gun? Mm, like an artillery kind of cannon. <laughs> yeah, that fires <laughs> some kind of some kind of sword. I feel like sword there, pellet. There needs to have there needs to be a kind of size restriction here. So you need to okay. be able to be a person who can hold this gun. Okay. Jeez. You didn't give us all these stipulations before we compiled our lists. <laughs> well, we'll see. Whenever you make, whenever you say your list, I'll say whether it's allowed or not. How about that? Yeah. What is on your list, Matthew, for your favourite guns in video games? Um, <laughs> I want to start with one that is actually a gun. I want to start start big. Um, how about so? Does the Hammer of Dawn from Gears of War count? Which is a gun which fires out a beam of light. Which then tells a giant space laser to shoot that beam of light. <laughs> um, yes, that's that fine. That counts because you hold it, and I assume it has a trigger. I've never looked at it in that much detail, but it looks like a gun. It just fires. It's more like it's sort of it's firing a message to another gun. So I didn't know if we'd be okay, lads. I don't think that should count. No, I think it should count. I mean, you're 
it I think it's an interesting gun because you're you're almost uh abdicating responsibility for what the uh, the, the end damage is going to be. You're saying yeah. I just pointed a laser at me, I didn't actually pull the trigger. I that game would be much better if his sort of the the combat box was him shouting out it's not me it's the space laser <laughs> but I don't, I don't think he does do that i think he probably says yeah or something like that oh it wasn't me i didn't do a swear it was the other it was the other oh, boy so brendy wasn't me either i was i was doing a swear on behalf of of a gears of war oh man. i see that swear word was in quotes was it it, yes, it was. It's very. If, if it, in a way, I am very much the hammer of dawn of swearing. Um, <laughs> Just abdicating responsibility for the swear. Yes, I'm, <laughs> I'm one step removed from the swear. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, why do you think that not, should not be allowed, Alice? Well, I just because the the main effect is the is basically a a, a giant laser artillery, isn't it? I think that's a bit unfair. All right. Rather than pointing fingers and poo-pooing Matthew's idea, I want you to offer a counter gun. A count? Well, one that could counter the Hammer of Dawn. Well, it could counter, or just a, a, a gun that you think is a better example of a good gun in a video game. Would do. Oh, it might work. Um, this is this is a, a classic, really. Um, it's the Portal Gun from Portal. Mm. And that could maybe counter the hammer of dawn literally as well because you could put a portal down where the big laser comes down and then and then another portal firing up so the laser fires back up at the spaceship yeah she's got you there matthew she's got you there uh, marcus phoenix would not like that he'd probably say that's bull <laughs> that's matthew. what he'd say <laughs> he's done it again i didn't it was marcus phoenix Matthew, sir, sir, Matthew should get detention. Um, now I remember why I'm not allowed on the podcast very often. <laughs> I always get uh, complaints from other journos if if you're at like a preview event or whatever, um, and you're playing a, a multiplayer game and they're capturing the audio as well. I they always get cross at me because I cannot contain my swearing. <laughs> <laughs> So that, that I can't use any of this now. Like, so they're like, hey, what's up, guys? And in the background, someone's dropping a C-bomb. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, okay, so we've got we've got Hammer of Dawn and the Portal Gun. That's in our armory right now. Mm. Um, what else can go there? Um, I quite like... Uh, there's a couple of games which, like, the whole angle on it is all the guns are quite fun and good, so it's quite hard to boil them down. Yeah. But I was thinking of Bulletstorm, which obviously has many guns, and I would propose from Bulletstorm the flail gun, which shoots out sort of bits of chain with grenades on either side, which sort of swing round and, and then blow people up, which is fun. But the secondary function, which is the more interesting one, is it sort of superheats the chain. And it just cuts things in half like like butter, and there's lots of fun where you can kind of, you know, you chop bits of them off and you get different kind of uh, uh, achievements or rewards or whatever they call them. The kind of the the kind of creative kills for like chopping off someone's head. It's like the French guillotine or something. And then if you chop someone off at the knees, it'll be like this guy doesn't need shoes or I I don't know. Um, <laughs> I, 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 that's probably not one. <laughs> um, <laughs> But that kind of vibe. <laughs> uh, I didn't write Bulletstorm, so they're probably better than that. This guy doesn't need shoes. Everyone's like, well, that's quite a mouthful. It says it on screen, it's quite long. Everyone's like, mm, I'd, en- I'd enjoy an action movie written by you, Matthew. Just kind of half- <laughs> half-hearted quips by action movie heroes. Yeah. Well, it's true, he wouldn't. Um, Looks like I shot that man to death. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you did. I'd watch that film. Um, okay, yeah, all right, flail gun. I'll allow that for sure, definitely. Um, nice, Alice. Uh, any more for for the for the gun rack? 
Uh, I was going to, so similar to Matthew, I was thinking about the game, you know, the games are all like, the guns in this are wacky. Um, and there is one game, I, I really like um, Sunset Overdrive, which only came to PC last year. But um, it has got just some some fun fun ones in it, and not not a lot of them. They don't really break the mold or anything, but there are some great ones. There's one that um, just fires explosive teddies. That's pretty good. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, there's one where there's a robot dog, and then you fire his toy uh, in the direction of enemies, and the robot dog goes up to the enemies uh, and then electrocutes them. Um, I see. How is that different from the laser with the satellite? Well, it's not. I wasn't going to say that one, but you allowed the the hammer dot, so you know. Well, I'll allow the 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 dog robot dog gun as well. Just you know, we're very open minded on the gun cast. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> all right then. I uh, like Sunset Overdrive. Also, it has uh, helicopters with guns hanging underneath them, so you sort of send out little helicopters, and then the guns do some shooting for you. Yeah, yeah, it's good. It's and it's a lot of them are just about because the game is about you know keeping moving and you earn like you know points and and sort of like your power ups by keeping moving and keeping killing people. So loads of the weapons are just a massive area of effect, like ridiculous things. But I uh, I might I might go for the exploding teddy gun. Because it's kind of, it's not, like I said, it's not breaking the mould, but it is really good. <laughs> Big fan of that one. Okay, so that's on, that's in our, that's in our gun locker. Nice. Um, what have you got, Brendy? Put, what what yeah, are you bringing to put, the gun show? I'm, I'm bringing, um, I'm bringing Symmetra's staff from Overwatch to the gun show. Because it's basically a big... Is it a staff? No, sorry, it's a little it's a little like weird gun. I'm getting her mixed up with the healer character. Um it's a little like gun that it used to shoot a energy that would just lock on to the nearest person and hurt them without you having to aim very much. Oh nice. And I thought it would just like if you wanted to auto hurt anyone, you just go be next to them and hold down the trigger and kind yeah. of aim in their general direction. And I think that's brilliant. I want, I want that one. Um, uh, Zarya's got a good, good gun in that one. That Zarya's one is the, the um, shieldy one. That's quite good. Because if we're only yeah. allowed guns, we maybe we need to cover all angles. You know. <laughs> so when you're building a a, a party in a, a TRPG. Oh, I see what you mean. We've got to have guns that protect us as well as guns that do offensive damage. Maybe, or maybe, I don't know, maybe, you know, you could try building a party that's just all wizards or whatever. <laughs> all DPS. Um, I've so always I, wanted I want... to, this This is a mad tangent, but I have always wanted to play like D&D or t- something as like a touring band so that everyone is a bard apart from one character who is a rogue who is like the band's manager. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it would go terribly. It would be fun for like one session, but one session's all I need, you know. We did a <laughs> my friend Richie did a session for us that was um we were all goblins and we were performing in a a battle of the bards. Uh, and it was it was wonderful. It was like a one shot thing on Halloween night, and all the goblins went to a human town and dressed up as tried to dress up as two humans by putting three goblins in a coat. <laughs> classic classic tactic so it's just six goblins three you know three by three in a coat dre- trying to dress up as humans but not realizing it was halloween so all the humans were dressed up as monsters <laughs> so i kind of and then went to a battle of the bards and uh won by i think it was like we won by default just because all the other bands we kept sabotaging <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think you should do it if you can get. You should get Johnny Kiedoni. You're you're, he's your dungeon master, isn't he? Yeah, he. Well, um, we we started a different game now with a different DM. We're playing. We're starting a game called Stars Without Number, which is sort of a a kind of, I guess, a Firefly e 
kind of mm-hmm. uh, TRPG. I'm going to be a pilot in I it, like but the... she doesn't I like have a name people yet. have dungeon masters in this modern age. <laughs> you know, it's like, who's your personal trainer? Who's your oh? This is the this is the hairdresser I use. This guy's my dungeon master. Like it's just so it's become so sort of ubiquitous. It's just a casual utterance that doesn't sound like the most demented thing you've ever said. It's like my, it's like the new my therapist says, isn't it? <laughs> well, my dungeon master says that I need to be more uh, assertive. So, <laughs> um, we've gone off topic, right? Come on, um. Let's get back to guns. So Symmetra's, uh, Symmetra's auto-hurting energy gun is in there. What else? Any more, Alice? Uh, I was gonna... It's again a bit... Well, because Matthew already said, but yeah, the uh, the chainsaw gun in uh, 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 Gears of War. I thought it was great. It's like, take a gun, put a chainsaw on it. Brilliant. Mm. And yeah. I'd be too scared to ever pick up the lancer because of that chainsaw. Like I'd be the guy who definitely chops his hand off. Like guns are pretty dangerous <laughs> for other people, but it makes it very dangerous for you. Like you know, and you're just I feel because I feel I get quite nervous when I'm even like using a sort of serrated bread knife because I always think, oh, my hand's <laughs> going to slip off this and I'm going to saw my fingers off, and then there'll be blood everywhere and I'll ruin the bread and it'll just be a terrible. Um, ruin the bread. And the Lancer is like a bread knife times a billion. So I'd be very anxious to use it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but it's got a chainsaw. It's like, is there a game where there's a gun that fires, like, little guns? I can't remember. Little guns? <laughs> <laughs> there might be. If there isn't, there should be. But it's like that. It's like going, what you know, just a gun and a chainsaw mashed together. That's very video games. It was really fun as well when you know it first came out, and also they had that um that uh reload um thing, the kind of uh, quick reload, active that, reload, yeah, yeah, which was great. And I was surprised it took so long for other people to copy it. Um, we haven't got we haven't I... got very many explosive guns. In this, apart from the uh, the one that calls in a satellite, <laughs> well, that's pretty explosive. I've got the exploding um, teddy bears. Oh yeah, you do. Right enough. I was gonna just add any old rocket launcher. If we have to, <laughs> if we had to add one rocket launcher to the game, which rocket launcher is it gonna be? Ooh. I see. I don't. I'm not. I don't really use rocket launcher. Like I'm not. A, Matthew. I'm not. I'm not really an explosive kind of player, which oh, I know you're not allowed to sort of say with the, with the. PC's fine heritage of of rocket launchers, but I've, I always find them a bit sort of faffy or fiddly, or you know, I'll blow myself up. I don't like a thing which creates a lot of damage at the other end, which can then hurt me. Like this a is why can't hurt me. this is why your favorite gun is the laser pointing satellite gun. It's because there's nothing in that gun itself that can actually hurt you. It doesn't even yeah. fire bullets. It's a safe. It's a laser pointer. It's a safe I, if device. You, if, you, if you pointed it in your eyes, that might be bad <laughs> because of the laser. You're not meant to do that, are you? Are you? No, you're probably not. No, don't, don't, don't try that, Matthew. Yeah. Don't check. Um. Uh. Yeah. So I haven't got a rocket launcher. That's the long and short of it. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I love rocket launchers in video games. If I have an excuse to use a rocket launcher or a grenade launcher, I will go for it. Because again, it is a kind of um, not spray and pray so much as uh, pull and hope. I don't know. What is it? (laughs) Fire (laughs) and desire. I don't know. Just... um, I've got the the sound effect of a very satisfying grenade launcher in my head. Just like a... Yeah. But I can't. I can't think of what game has that beautiful thunk. thunk it's thunk from thing. Terminator Two. That's the most beautiful grenade launcher. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer a rocket launcher to a, a grenade launcher. I must say, um, that you know, they're a reliable way to take down helicopters. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I wouldn't say there are any that really stand out. Like, are there? Is there? 
a rocket launcher or is it just any? Because they're all just rocket launchers, really, right? <laughs> well, you could have some rocket launchers home in on the, the baddie. Some yeah. rocket launchers, you can point at your feet and they launch you into the air. The little rocket jump. Some rocket launchers. No, sorry, that's the those are the two flavors of rocket launchers. <laughs> I like um, I like rocket launchers where you fire it and then you guide the missile with a laser pointer. Hmm. So the rocket like, launcher in Half Life, like. Yeah, it was like one in Metal Gear as well. Metal Gear Solid. I've did Metal Gear Solid Two end with you firing, or is that just a lock on? I can't remember. Like the Stinger missiles. Metal Gear does good rocket launchers. Because there always inevitably comes a point that you have to fight a massive robot, and it's the only thing that will kind of get the job done. So The best rocket launcher in the Metal Gear series is the Nikita rocket launcher, which shoots a missile that you have to remote control like a little RC car. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's rubbish. <laughs> drive it through air vents? Yeah, you have to... Yeah, is it air vent? No, it's like a... It's like a, there's an electrified floor that you can't crawl on or walk over. So you have to fire this rocket and shoot it into the computers. But it's the slowest, most kind of dawdling rocket you'll ever see. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine getting killed by that. It's like a, it's, be a it's, real idiot. It's a rocket that basically has to stop and ask for directions halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> um so I yeah, let's put that in the in the gun locker just for a laugh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, I wanted to make a general case for, I, I was thinking about silence pistols, because I really like a good silence pistol. Um, I think ever since Goldeneye, where they had the silence PPK, which was just, you know, a kind of introduction to the idea that first person shooters didn't just have to be big and noisy, and I've kind of liked them ever since, um... But I was I was struggling to think of what was the ultimate science pistol. I actually I really like the one in um, Metro. I think is very good. Uh, the Metro series when you've put a silencer on a on a revolver, you get some very nice headshots out of that. But I also like the the science pistols from Hitman. Um, mm-hmm. His little, I think they're the silver ballers. I think they're called. Yeah. Um, they're very good. And there's also a very good science pistol in the Tomb Raider reboot. Um, but it's mainly good because they give it to you really late in the game. So you've just spent the whole thing having to sort of not struggle with the bow, but the the bow is your sort of silence weapon. And then mm. quite late they give you... And it's just a very empowering thing because all of a sudden you can bring people down really quickly, really efficiently without anyone finding out. And you're in like a dark forest and you just go around sort of shooting goons in the head. It's a really nice little bit of the game, but I don't know if I like that scene or if it is actually a good gun, but in my head it's a good gun. What annoys me about silenced pistols, um, and this isn't gonna this isn't gonna r- make it so that we can't put one in the locker. It's in the locker. Matthew, it's in the locker, don't worry. <laughs> okay, that's good. But what annoys me is that the video games always do that thing where they go, you can have a silenced pistol, but it'll reduce the damage. And it's like, Will it really, if I shoot a man in the head with a silenced pistol, is it going to be less harmful than if I shoot him in the head with an AK-47 unsuppressed? Is it really going to be that much of a difference, video game? Like, but it's not catch like yourself the, head, the, the headshot is always a headshot. Yeah. You know, it's a bullet in your head is a bullet in your head, like, however you look at it. Um, have, like, have you guys uh, heard a silenced pistol in real life? No. Is it loud? Yeah, they're really loud. <laughs> they're just a bit less loud than than if it wasn't silenced. Because a gun is really loud, so you can never silence it really that much. Weird. Yeah. Hang on. Alice, have you shot someone with a silenced pistol? <laughs> well, you know, the only answer is no. Okay. We'll not ask any more questions. This podcast took a sinister turn. <laughs> no, I haven't. But um, uh, like uh, I've I, my brother is like, was like a, a under twenty ones shooting for England guy, um, mm. yeah, with a shotgun, 
And, uh, a shooting for England guy makes it sound like he was a, a secret agent. <laughs> yeah, the the uh, the uh, the genius. You know the <laughs> the MI5 genius. Um, I've only fired a real gun once, and it was on a press trip for Sniper Elite, and it was, there were some sniper rifles that they let us shoot, and I didn't hit the target once with any of the sniper rifles. <laughs> Was it really powerful? It, Did it feel really, like, scary? It was... Yeah, it's kind of intimidating. Like, the, the kickback is really, really massive. Like, you have to... He, like, the guy instructor was telling us, um, like, you really have to bury it in your shoulder and don't put your eye too close to the the little eyesight thing because when it kicks back, you will basically poke yourself in the eye really hard. Yeah. Uh, through the scope with the scope, um, yeah. Oh, yeah. They said my my dad was telling me as well in World War Two that they would um when it, if uh if the Germans would capture say a Russian in uh and would find that they had bruises on their shoulder and on their eye, they would just kill them instead of capturing them because they were they knew that they were a sniper and they hated snipers. Um, oh yeah, they're like it's a little, little there history was like fact. one guy that like terrorized the Nazis, and he was like just roaming around the wilderness, living on his own, surviving oh on like nothing, and just shooting Nazis. Classic Russian. The Russians snipers. were hardcore, man. There's so many stories of, of like just mad stuff the Russians did during the wars. This is a good place to jump from our gun locker, which I think is quite well stocked now, unless anyone wants to add anything. Any I wanted to... There's one other thing. I just want... Because I, I didn't know if it was a gun or not. Um, but the taser in siphon filter on the PlayStation, because uh, it fires two barbs into you, so it's it looks like a gun. Do the um, barbs retract back into the gun? Mm, I don't know. I think it does have ammo, so I would it would suggest not. They stay embedded, um, but the reason I wanted to put it in is because when you put it in, when you shoot them with it, you hold the you hold the trigger in to like electrocute them. But if you keep holding the trigger, they eventually start to smoke and then they set on fire. <laughs> and you can basically just I, I didn't even have the whole full game. I think I just had a demo of it. But just ran around this one level, setting people on fire with a taser, which I thought was brilliant. Um, so that's why I want to put it in. That's uh, it. Um, yeah, okay. I was a bit sceptical. Nice. I was a bit sceptical nice. at first. I was like, a taser, come on, Matthew, how much damage can a taser do? Why are we bringing that to the gun show? Oh, no. But if it can set a person on fire, then, you know. Well, that's the, it basically takes you from, like, death all the way through to cremation. It's like, it just does the whole lot. <laughs> I wonder it's if like tasers in, in real one. life do that. Um, I oh, don't know. Sometimes tasers tasers have got a pretty bad rep. You never hear a good story about a taser, do you? It's always someone nice got tasered, or yeah. the police tasered someone they shouldn't have. Yeah, police it's never accidentally tasered elderly woman walking her dog. Yeah, it's never <laughs> like police set terrible villain on fire with taser, and it was awesome. <laughs> Which is a headline I've longed to read. <laughs> um, That's the Daily okay. Mail headline. <laughs> let's, awesome in capital letters. Let's talk about Russia again, okay? Because let's put the guns to one side. We'll return to that later because we asked our readers what guns they like. Um, and we got loads of responses, so we'll we'll come back to it. But let's talk about what we've been playing. Matthew. Yes. You've been in Russia. I have. Not real Russia. Fake Russia. Fake Russia. I've never been to real Russia. But if Metro Exodus is anything to go by, I don't know if I would be booking a holiday there anytime soon, because it seems like quite hard work. Did you enjoy the video game Metro Exodus? I did. I thought it, I thought it was fantastic. I had a huge amount of fun with it. I've, I've I've recently 
played through the original two, so I was I was I, I was kind of jonesing for it a bit because I I uh, really really enjoyed those, and uh, yeah, this this sort of did not disappoint. I thought the way it balanced the kind of linearity sort of storytelling stuff that they did really well in the earlier games with a bit more open space was really really nicely done. Um, I had a lot of fun exploring it. Did you enjoy it? I did also play it, and I have also enjoyed it, but I want you to tell me, so that the listeners can know, describe for me the story of who you are in Metro Exodus and what you are doing. Oh, okay, sure. Uh, but make it are... short, okay? Because I, yeah. I don't want the, the whole novel. No, no, it's fine. I'll keep it short. Uh, you are Artyom, who is a survivor of some kind of nuclear apocalypse who lives in the metro underneath Moscow. You find a train quite early on, and so you and your mates decide, let's get out of the metro because it's really grim down here. And then you go on an adventure in a train, and you go to lots of different locations trying to find a new home that isn't irradiated and that isn't a nasty tunnel. And that's basically it. Right. Sweet. Excellent. That's it. But it's yeah, it's it's really good. Altern- it's got a good train in it. You could alternatively describe it as the worst holiday with your father-in-law ever. <laughs> yeah, you do have a very cross father-in-law with you the whole time, and it is the whole journey is dictated by like how broken the train is, because every <laughs> level is basically where you break down and then what you have to do to fix your train. Um, so you don't really achieve much other than. You know, you're basically looking after this very fragile, giant metal baby um, and having to kind of keep it healthy (laughs) through the whole thing. Uh, So everything, yeah. Now I think about it, I don't think I actually achieved anything in the game um, (laughs) except keeping a train alive. But (laughs) it was fun. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I did like it. There's a really good gun in it that you said in your video review. Uh, the sniper rifle is yes because of the sound it makes. It makes a well. It's it's the sound it makes, but I I don't know if it was specific to one level because one of the 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 game is still like a linear procession of levels. It's it's not like a big open world. It's not like a Fallout thing, which some people seem to think it might be. Um, and one of the kind of sandboxy levels is a desert the kind of the dried up shore of the caspian sea um and when you fire a sniper rifle there i just think because you're on like these big open dunes and just the sound of it travels for miles and bounces off these cliffs that, and it just and it lasts for like 10 seconds it's just the most luxurious noisy gunshot you've ever heard and everyone knows that you're coming when they hear it, but I just, I loved it. I loved the sound of this gun. I would just fire it at inappropriate moments just to hear this echo trail. Because it always, it lasts just a little bit longer than you think it's going to. It's, just a, it's such a treat. Um, it, it, the first time I fired it, I was like, wowed. You're so rarely, yeah. like I'm rarely impressed like noticeably by a sound effect in the game to the point where yeah. i where i just stop looking at everything around me and think oh my god what a wonderful wav file yeah. like, <laughs> like uh but but whenever you fire the sniper rifle like you say it's just it's just this like long lasting like petering out noise that you just kind of have to stop and go oh it's still going it's still going. <laughs> it's still there. Like you just you have time to drink it in. It's so good. Yeah. If it, if it's the final shot in a battle, you know, it's just like the most perfect full stop on a on a the sudden silence of a gunfight you can have because it's like that is it. It's over. I I fired the big noisy gun. Now all of this has come to an end. Um but of course like ammo is quite hard cuz there's a bit of a sort of survival scavenging element. Like you probably only have 10, 15 bullets for it kind of in the world to find. So it's quite rare. Um, you can craft them and, and stuff, but it's quite rare. You know, you don't just run around firing it. So it, it feels like a bit of a naughty treat when you do fire it. 
like I will only ever be able to do this ten times in the whole game, but it will sound great every time. I like the um the the kind of ball bearing you know the one you have to wind up, I can't remember the name of it, yeah. but I think that's a good gun. I mean it's not like good as in good at being a gun, but I think it's a nice piece of design, this kind of deluxe air rifle. And it makes me it's... think of um you know that scene in Lock, Stock and Two Smoking Barrels where they're trying to uh, steal all the weed from the posh weed boys uh, and one of them's hiding upstairs and keeps shooting at them with an air rifle and the lads in the gang are like, can everyone please stop getting shot? It's really good. It's like that because it, it doesn't like, it doesn't do, especially if you haven't wound it up, it doesn't do loads, but it's just really, it's a nice concept that I really enjoyed. It's a like it's a kind of a brilliant last resort weapon, and you know the fact that you often find yourself like hiding behind cover, kind of desperately pumping this stupid gun. If that feels very sort of, oh, we are the last two people fighting on Earth with just things that you shouldn't be fighting with, and this is going to be messy and chaotic, and it it feels very sort of suited to the the mood of the game. Um, it is actually really good if you if you. It's it's a little inaccurate, but if you can land headshots with it, it's like super good at bringing down most things. Um, and this is something very. I was I I just sort of struggled to kind of talk about it in the video a bit. It's, uh, it's something very matter of fact about the idea of, you know, a gas propelled little metal ball going into something's head and then just dropping down. It's very kind of mechanical feeling. It's very sort of does exactly what it says on the tin. I, I I'm a big big fan of it. I only ever used that gun to shoot uh, light bulbs. That's the only time oh. I ever used that. I, oh. Like I, I just thought this is a BB gun. Why would I ever use a BB gun in a post-apocalypse? I've got, I've got a silenced pistol. I'm going to murder this man. I'm not going to shoot him with a BB. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think I, maybe I missed out. Yeah, it's good. It's good. You can upgrade it so that you can. Uh, it pumps itself. As well, you do get good. you do get um a crossbow later in Metro Exodus, which I think is far better. Yeah, yeah, I've just used crossbows before. You know, it's like yeah, it's a good crossbow. All right, so the Tihar pump action pump what pneumatic pneumatic pump gun can go in our gun locker yeah. as well. Um. Cool, Metro Exodus, it's a good video game. It's a great video game. Alice, you've been playing what? Well, I I played, I I have, by the time this goes out, I will have been playing Anthem, but have not yet. (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, I could do like a soundbite and you could choose, well, I could be like, yeah, it's a bit disappointing, really. Or I could be like, yeah, it's amazing. So just kind of choose. And then you can those. tell me later which it is, and then I'll yeah. edit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Why don't we just... I tell you what, why don't we just leave both of those in for now, and we'll let the reader decide. Okay. Or the listener decide which one they it's want like the, to it's believe. Like the sh- it's the sort of Schrodinger's cat of reviews. It both yeah. is amazing and terrible at the same time. I mean, that is that's video yeah. games, isn't it? You could give that review to everything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seven out of ten. Um, all right, um, sweet. So that's that. Did, You've been playing I some did... other things, though. Huh? You've been playing other things, though. Yes, I have. Yeah, so I played um, the demo, the kind of preview build that's just been sent out for Heaven's Vault, which uh, you played as well. And we were both writing up simultaneously because neither of us realised the other was working on a write-up of it. I'm very sorry about that, Brendan. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like that shows how excited we both are for it. Yeah. Um. So you, I mean, you and uh, Adam and Catherine as well actually have all written about it before. Um. Because it's been playable in some form or another for quite a while now. Uh. But. Uh, Heaven's Vault is the new game from Inkle, who did 80 Days, probably most famously. And uh, it's sort of a story-driven RPG-ish kind of um, 
a game where you play as uh, Alia, uh, who's a translator slash archaeologist slash history historian, um, and she's li- she's uh, been out in the field. And she gets called back because uh, so it's it's a kind of alien. Uh, it's called the Nebula. It's just this collection of like disparate little moons, and she gets called back by her her mentor. <laughs> to find uh, a lost academic who's just gone AWOL, basically, from the university. Um, and so you set off with your little your little robot friend, Six, um, and try and find out where he's gone. And, and part of that is uh, trying to translate this ancient language of, of the old empire that used to kind of rule that area. Uh, and it's really, really good how they do it. I've, I hadn't played it before, but I'm, I'm very enamoured of it now. Um, and the way they've, because you wrote a feature about sort of how they constructed the language um, from a preview you did of it at Gamescom, I think. Is that right? Uh, yeah, I th- uh, somewhere. I can't remember. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool. The language, when you look at it, is just these little, um, they're, they're symbols, but they're kind of like, I don't know how to describe them. The, the easiest way I can think of them is is like T-line shorthand, if you've ever seen T-line shorthand. Yeah, because it just look, it's just they're just like kind of loops and squiggles and dots and stuff, um, like a really really simplified Arabic or something. Uh, yeah, maybe. But the way yeah. the way the words themselves are constructed is like as you go on and you figure it out, it's really interesting. Like I know that there's a little symbol. It's like two strokes. It's like a it's like a quote marks, but on the floor. Um, and I figured out that these always seem to be next to a verb, like dies or goes or whatever, or, or blesses or whatever like that. Like they always seem to be next to a verb, but I don't know if they mean a word themselves or if they are just there to signify that it's a verb or like how you like would even say them aloud, you know? Um, and I think that's really cool. The fact that you can see this language, you can read it, but you have no idea how it would be spoken or pronounced. Yeah, it's re- it's so great. And I liked how, because I played the, the preview through a couple of times, because they say, like, the translation that you choose will sort of affect the assumptions that uh, that you make, or, like, your character, uh, Alia, makes about, like what has happened in the past or like what is going on currently and stuff so uh, so I I played it three different times and chose different things to see if that changed stuff and it does and she like like she'll she'll speculate about the past in different ways or or the academic you're looking for and stuff it's really good and yeah the way they're sort of constructed it's really like the word for like uh emperor is um really close to the word for like deity or, or like goddess and like holy as well um but that's not because it, and and they're sort of linked by like the 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 word for knowledge and person and stuff rather than so it, it's like uh i think i think you highlight in in your piece that the word for emperor is like knowledge person knowledge almost yeah, so it's like, I can't remember exactly, but it's something like, person who knows, like, I don't know, person who knows people of Person who knows knowledge. where the best restaurants are. <laughs> yeah. I, I would love to be able to figure out what that would be in the ancient script. <laughs> like, restaurant is probably, probably literally translate to, place, place let the energy items go in the mouth. <laughs> or something really weird. Um, there was a cool moment where you find a chest in the preview demo uh, on, on the floor of like this old ruined house, and you read the inscription on the chest, and you kind of through guesswork figure out, okay, well this probably means like treasure of great value or treasure of something, but the word for treasure has the symbols in it that I think I think from like what I was doing has one symbol in it that means stars. So, but then another symbol afterwards that I don't know exactly what it means. But I guess the suggestion is that 
it will literally translate to something like star pieces or star bits or star i don't know like like the literal translation for treasure is something like star things and i just i think that's lovely (laughs) (laughs) i like that you've both just talked about this very poetic linguistic detective game when all I talked about was shooting a ball bearing into a man's head. I seem like such a dumbass compared to you guys. Video games. There, there's a wide yeah. range of video games to choose yeah. from. There's something for everyone, you know? I liked it with the bad toy. <laughs> um, um, the thing is, like, you can play... You can totally play this game. I. It feels like they've designed it so that you can play it just... Because all the guesswork is all multiple choice isn't it it's like you get four words to choose from when you're guessing what this word might mean and you can just like if you're not really interested in it, in figuring out the language itself like taking notes or anything like that then you just guess away and the game continues you just carry on and eventually the game will correct you and you can just play it as a normal adventure game and have a good time so mm. you don't shoot anyone but in it Matthew but you can still play <laughs> but I do I really think that like the language is so much a it's such a big part of it and, and such a kind of joy to do and it and it's a weird sort of feedback because in this preview you got to learn more about the kind of setting of the game and it's really weird in in, in that there are loads of like you censor a lot of secrets and a lot of uh, like your character is a historian uh, but then someone else at the university comes up and, it, and it's sort of like why don't you do a proper science like we're good, decent people here. Nobody wants to be involved in history. So I was like, what's, what's the deal with history? Like, you Yeah, know. that was really interesting. Like, he basically comes up to you and goes, history? Ugh. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm very, very intrigued. I want to, I like, I really want to play more. Yeah. Let's move on. Language is boring. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Words are boring. Um, let's look at some other words. Let's look at some readers' words. Actually, got a special thing for you this week. Before we talk about the guns, we got a question. We got a question from a reader. I hope it's not a math. I hope it's not a maths question. It's not a maths question. For it's you. just a general question. We don't need to linger oh, okay. too too heavily on it because we do have loads of uh, good gun examples to to read out. Um, but uh, Paul Beckett gets in touch to ask uh, to say that his uh, me and hobby is PC gaming by a long way, but he's often reluctant to put it down any time he has to put down hobbies on a CV or anything like that. He says, "I'm applying for a job currently, and the C- when the CV comes to hobbies." Uh, I'm reluctant to put down PC gaming as I think it's got a perceived stigma attached, particularly among the older population and the games that are only a waste of time or only for kids. So that's my question. Does our hobby still have the stigma in certain circles? I know this is tough for Games Journal because it's a paid career and therefore it is automatically of worth, but what about the rest of us? Um, So having just talked about firearms for 50 minutes, (laughs) let's Let's answer this question. Does our hobby still have a stigma in certain circles? Y- yes, I think. Well, I think it's maybe moved from like the kind of it's for babies stigma to a sort of misunderstanding. And so now it's like, it, it's sort of like it's for kids, but they're so violent rather than like. And it is, it's weird when someone asks you what, as a games journalist, if someone asks you what your job is. And you go, oh, I'm a games journalist. The the response is always, always, always this. Oh, oh, that's cool. Like that. Because <laughs> they're yeah. like, they're being polite and they're like, oh. But they sort of don't know what what that is. And then they always go, oh, so you so you like play the games and uh, and like and then you you write about them. Yeah. There you go. You got it. Nailed it. But I feel like you get there's a bit less of like a, there's less of it as you get older. Um, you know, I don't know if it's just because like there was a a generation of gamers that are now 
of a sensible age where you encounter them at sensible things. <laughs> sensible and even, age. even if they don't still play games, they remember playing them. And, it, you know, it's not like my, like my, you know, my parents, they have literally no idea what, you know, really what games are. But, they, they, you know, they've had to, they, they've learned through me doing this job and my other siblings being into them. But, you know, I think of now of my friends who are parents and they're all really game savvy. And, just everyone does now of under a certain age you know the recruiters of today speaking to this guy's job application stuff like you're more likely to get someone who isn't going to be uh game so it depends what the job is and if you're applying to a bank maybe not um you know because they're all stuffy aren't they i don't know just huge generalization <laughs> whatever um, <laughs> um but uh you know, like I, yeah, I don't know. I just feel, I feel like there are people making important decisions now who do play games. Um, Tom Watson, deputy leader of the Labour Party, big gamer, um, big fan, talks about games. That's one. He's pretty sensible. That's one. That's, it. That's one. So if you're applying for the job at the Labour Party, then fire away, put down PC in, gaming in the office of Tom in the office of Tom Watson. Um, and uh, he likes games. I uh, yeah, I'm with you. I think like if there is a stigma, it's definitely only for. It definitely depends on the people that you're telling, and you have I think as much chance of saying, I play PC games as a hobby, you've got as much chance uh, of somebody going, oh cool, I play uh, Battlegrounds, like what do you play, or whatever, you've got a mu- as much chance of making a new friend as you do of alienating someone, so why not just be honest, and if they don't, if they think that's weird, then f*** them, don't want to work for them anyway. <laughs> That's true. It, it is hard to shake. Like, I, I still find myself, I'm quite apologetic about my job when I talk to certain people. Like, I'm, if anything, I make that judgment of other people before I start to talk to them of like, yeah, this, it's like, yeah, that guy games. <laughs> no, that guy doesn't game. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, he games. He games. <laughs> um, but, uh, and often I'm right, but. Sometimes it can be surprising. It's it's sort of funny about the job application thing because you know when we recruit for jobs, obviously playing games is really really important. And there's <laughs> stuff that I turn my nose up on CVs that probably other places would be like, oh that's really good. So they're like, I'm really into hiking. I'm like, oh f- that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so or like, oh I did Duke of Edinburgh. I'm like, yeah, loser. That's <laughs> <laughs> move on. <laughs> Like, I do not care about your square outdoors activities. Oh, you're you're turning your nose up at Duke of Edinburgh when you casually dropped in attending Oxford in one of your most recent videos. Yeah, Oxford, no big deal. There are loads of dweebs there. Uh, um, Yeah, that is is funny, because when we get CVs in here, I... it It's sort of taken as read that you play PC games, so I prefer to see yeah, other things to to show you have other interests as well, rather than like you just play PC games. Because I, I I tend to think like if you have like if you have other hobbies and and a kind of broader cultural context and do other stuff and and get out and stuff, then you you generally are a more interesting writer. That's maybe biased it's to me as well. You're better at recruiting than I am. I'm just like anything that isn't gaming. I'm like, what a waste of t- what a waste of time. If if, if unless it's like very specifically aligned with my interests, like Korean cinema, Japanese crime novels. Yes, I am interested. <laughs> but if they're like, I was an Olympic swimmer. I'm like, get the f- out of my inbox. Like, no interest. So there you have it, Paul. There you have it. Yeah. I think put down. Feel free to put down PC gaming. Don't worry too much about the stigma. So long as you also read Japanese crime novels or do go have done the Duke of Edinburgh if you've done that other stuff then don't worry about it because that will cancel out the stigma of PC gaming <laughs> if whoever's reading it has that uh, prejudice so don't worry the, which I do there's the agony and corner all done 
Um, but thank you for ans- asking a question. We don't get very many questions, um, so it's good. It's good to hear one. Um, if you've got a question, you can email us pat podcast at rockpapershotgun.com um, and just ask us what you like. We might answer it, or we might just ignore you. Um, I thought I thought you said Pat Podcast there. Pat like, Pat Podcast. Yeah. <laughs> like the podcast is called Pat. Uh, no, just podcast at rockpapershotgun.com to say it all fully. Sorry, that wasn't a dig. <laughs> I know. I'm just worried about I'm worried about my own pronunciation now. Let's let's look at what the readers had to say about um firearms. So we asked our readers what's your favorite gun in video games? Tell us why. Loads and loads of people saying the gravity gun in Half-Life. Half-Life 2 specifically, yeah, but you know. Um no, Paul O'Malley, Benthic Space Mollusk. <laughs> Uh, uh, Vogon, Fordzy. So many people saying the gravity gun. Rich McCormack offers quite a few, but I think the best the best one here is uh, Counter Strikes AK forty seven because it woofs like a big dangerous dog. <laughs> <laughs> That's a wonderful description of a gun. <laughs> oh, I'm a big fan of uh, from. Barnes on Twitter says literally any gun that nails enemies to the wall. Bolt crossbow from Half-Life 2, state gun from Painkiller, railway rifle from Fallout 4, or that rivet gun from Fear. If it nails them to the wall or ceiling, I'm using it all the time. Yes. I like Harpoon. I was going to suggest, I did actually have the Harpoon gun from uh, the not very good Messiah written down, just because it was the only Harpoon gun that popped into my head. But I like, uh, yeah. Pinning people to the wall. So fun. we'll put all of those guns into the gun locker. Oh my god, that's a lot of guns. You can never have too many crossbows or guns that nail people to walls. Uh, yeah, because you could also just use it for, like, upkeep. Yeah, it'll come in handy for whatever it is we're preparing for with all these guns. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Got so many guns, the FBI will be around in a minute. I feel like we did a bit of a disservice to the classic guns of... Of F of PC FPS, your kind of dooms, your quakes. Nah, they're all overrated. I don't care about the big BFG and the normal shotguns. Big deal. Come on, we've done those hundreds of times. I mean, Catherine Castle has said uh, Doom's super shotgun. She does like that. She does like that super shotgun. We'll put the super shotgun in because it's Catherine, and we need something for her to defend herself with. But <laughs> I'm I'm not letting any other these other. <laughs> these other, these other playab guns in the flat cannon and Unreal Tournament. I'm sorry, Omac brother, that doesn't get in. It's just a shotgun. <laughs> Shotguns are good though. Shotguns I, like, are good. Game, I'll, sh- I'll allow a shotgun, but we need to find the good one. Fear has the best shotgun, in my in my opinion. Mm. Asmr says uh, the uh, glue cannon in Prey. I think it's unique in the way it helps navigate the world. Stopping fans, making bridges, stairs, putting out fires, isolating circuits, and slowing down aliens. I did. That's good. Yeah, I like the glue cannon, the glue gun. It's good. Yeah. And it speedrunners use it as well to hop a, hop around the game. Uh, on 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 the subject of shotguns, Edward Helmsley offers pump action shotgun from Left Left for Dead One. It's got such a meaty chunter, which I like, uh, and you have to be careful with reloading to get the best out of it, not running it dry to avoid painful seconds wasted cocking. Yeah. It has got a meaty chunter. <laughs> meaty chunter. Yeah, go on. Um, Dr. Bees also says the shotgun in fear turned anything it looked at into a red smear, and it sounded like God clearing his throat. <laughs> um... So yeah, thank you, Doctor Bees. That is an excellent gun description. People are very colourful today. I'm like, I'm really liking it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alistair on uh, Facebook says the sword explosion from Borderlands Two, which is, I think, what you alluded to earlier, Brendy. Because who doesn't love a gun that shoots a sword that explodes into three smaller swords that also explode? I'll allow it. Yes, that's fine. Conrad Nightsock says uh, the claw in Goldeneye because it was so. You could really embarrass your mates by killing them with it. <laughs> uh, 
Okay. Uh, Andreas on Facebook as well says the dubstep gun from Saints Row. That was a classic. I remember that as being one of their sort of, sort of almost their key imagery things when they're like, look, look, you can, this gun, it fires wubs. Like, whoops. Uh, what else? Any more? Oh, I like this description of, uh, it's another good gun description from Lasse Korsgaard Anderson. He says the 357 revolver from Half-Life has to be a favourite because of its sheer audio-visual and actual impact. It kicks like a horse and sounds like God is slamming his car door. <laughs> God's really on it today, isn't he? <laughs> he is. He's clearing his throat. He's closing that door. Um, Charles says uh, Alakine's gun. Two rooks followed by a queen. Madness. What else is there? Ulf Hansen offers the super nail gun in Quake. Which is quite good fun. The sound, the feel, the effect. There was nothing it couldn't take down violently. Which is just <laughs> true. I've seen... Uh, I, was scro- I was scrolling fast, but I saw, I saw someone say Plasma Cutter from Dead Space. Yeah, I think a few people have said that. That's a good shout. That's pretty good. I like guns that let you kind of express your creativity. Which bit do you want to cut off? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like to have the choice. Philippe Cardas- Cardoso says, uh, "Eden gun on Just Cause Three melts tanks in four seconds." Really? I don't think I ever found that anymore. Nah, I'm, I'm gunned out. You gunned out? Yeah. I, there's a comment here from Full Mental Jacket. It says the mini gun in Broforce. No other weapon makes you feel more like Baron Munchausen, which I don't really. I don't really know what that reference is, but it sounds good. <laughs> Baron Munchausen was the Baron who... Told, told tales, right? Yeah. Uh, pulling himself out of the swamp by his own hair, or whatever. Uh... Yeah. But, like, what is it? Is it like it's so violent that it has to be unbelievable? Like, you can't comprehend the violence of this minigun, perhaps. I don't know. I have to check. I'm gonna to have to check out the minigun. It was Force. Baron Munchausen. Used to, he went. He went. He went to a war, and he used to say that he he would do all these heroic feats. So he must have been killing people like by the thousands. So maybe that's what they mean. Right. That you're actually killing people by the thousands, not lying about it. That you actually are. So it it feels to me like that person who said that. Uh, that oh god, sorry, I've clicked off it now. Our a reader who has said that you've you've misinterpreted. You think Baron Munchausen is actually telling the truth. He didn't kill all those people. He was fibbing. <laughs> this is. Hmm. Should we all go and look up Baron Munchausen afterwards? And <laughs> yes, let's convene on this. The next the next week's podcast can be themed around Baron Munchausen. I love that film. It's one of my favorite films. So okay, like I didn't even know there was a film. Um, I'd be I'd be well up for that. Send your suggestions as to what you feel like when you feel like Baron Munchausen to podcast at rockpapershotgun.com. <laughs> um sweet. We should we should wrap this up. We should we should put a sniper rifle full stop on this. Yes. Okay, cool. If you you've already told us the email like twice, so forget about it. If you haven't got it by now, you don't deserve to know what it is. Uh, thank you for listening <laughs> to us. Um, thank you, Matthew, and uh, as ever, Alice. Thank you, Brendy. I'm Brendy underscore C on Twitter, and Matthew, you're on Twitter, aren't you? Yeah, I'm Mr. Basil underscore Pesto. Yeah, and uh, Alice is on Twitter, uh, and uh, we're all on rockpapershotgun.com. You can listen to us on Spotify now. That's amazing. Um, we're going to try and get uh, maybe this one up on YouTube because I'm going to send it to Matthew and he's going to put it on YouTube. Ooh. Aren't you, Matthew? Yes. <laughs> <He's> so <laughs> You're so like <laughs> non-committal about that. Yes. Um, hopefully. Yes. Hopefully. Fingers crossed. Uh, that's everything. Thank you for listening. Uh, we've got so many guns now. It's going to be great. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bye.
this guy doesn't need shoes. 